Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and a rainy, beautiful downtown Laurel. Happy to have you. On uh, this Thursday to join in with us. Maybe it's a little clear where you are, but man, Kelly, it is, uh, it, it's just been rainy all day long here in Laurel. What about Hattiesburg? And it, we're getting hammered right here now. And it looks like, Luke, the forecast is going to be like this all the way through tomorrow night, maybe in varying degrees, but uh, not, not looking too good for any of the youth baseball or soccer or anything else that's planned in the area. Hope they get out there, but Mother Nature Hopefully, runs, runs the roost, right? Yeah. It will, and, and hopefully it'll clear before Southern Miss uh, takes on Marshall tomorrow night. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Dickey's is a proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy Dickey's fall-off-the-bone ribs, smoked brisket, and other great meats smoked every day in-house. Dickey's caters any event, large or small, so the next time you need food at your event, let Dickey's do the cooking. You can go see the home team located uh, next to the Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. Dickey's smoked here, loved Everywhere, Got a good show for you today, Patrick McGee, because it's Thursday. Uh, we'll be getting a, uh, a report from spring football, also uh, talking about baseball uh, from Tuesday night and uh, this coming weekend against Marshall. But, but Kelly, you got our first guest uh, in Hattiesburg with you. Cassidy Varnado is with us. Cassidy is a native of Franklinton, Louisiana. She was a member of the Southern Miss Dixie Darlings, and tomorrow will embark upon a tryout to be a member again of the New Orleans Saints Sensations. She was a member of the Sensations last year, but you don't get any extra brownie points just because you were on the team last year. You have to go through it again this year, and it's great to have uh, Cassidy Varner, one of the Sensations here, former Golden Eagle uh, student, and it's, it is good to have you here, Cassidy. And let's, yes. Actually, the Sensations, if you ask people, the layperson would probably think the Sensations were actual cheerleaders, but to be... Mm-hmm. Sp- specific not so more of a dance team yes. we're, we're actually more of a dance team now we carry the name nfl cheerleaders you know we, we carry that with a lot of pride too but if you watch the games we're all over the place we're on the sidelines pre-game but um we actually perform and we dance and we have a very strong dance background every single individual so it makes us a very strong team too so let's let's go back and start uh, to talk about how you got to southern miss being raised in franklinton i would guess there were some people in your neighborhood that went to the school in baton rouge or wanted to go to the school in Baton Rouge. What brought you to Southern Miss? Um, well, originally, my I, I fell in love with Southern Miss. I did a tour um, at my my mother's. You know, she was like, "You need to go. You need to go. I think you'll like it." And I was dead set on cosmetology school, actually. And I remember I got my acceptance letter, and I just kept saying, "Like, okay, God, like, what what's your plan for me?" And actually, the morning of Dixie Darling tryouts. 
my mom's like, are you sure? Like, is it, this is your game plan? Are you sure? I was like, let's go. Like, I really feel like it. I need to be there. And I got there and made the team. Oddly enough, it was actually my 18th birthday and prom all on the same day. So can't beat that. But from then on, I was just, you know, Southern Miss is it. The family atmosphere, you can't beat being able to go to school and feel like you're welcomed and wanted and that you absolutely love every single part of it. So I, I really did love USM. So is it reasonable to assume that because you auditioned for the Dixie Darlings that you came from a competitive dance background as a, as a younger person? Absolutely. I've danced from the age of two up until, you know, now I'm almost 24. So for a very long time, um, it started out studio and then it, I took it competitively and I competed for years and years and years and years. And um, I loved it. That's what I did. You know how, you know, boys have football and baseball I had dance and I from then I started teaching and now I teach high school dance camps and junior high dance camps and I've taught private lessons and and I kind of go all over the board with it dance isn't just you know what I do it's part of me but you actually got to incorporate your love of cosmetology because as fate (laughs) would have it a lot of the Dixie Darlings you wound up doing their hair (laughs) prior to football games yes Yes. Um, if you'll ask my college roommate she always laughs at me because we called our dorm room it was in Hillcrest it was salon 340 so <laughs> every morning I would get up hours and hours and hours before we actually had to be like ready to go and I would start teasing hair and curling hair and making sure everybody had the Dixie Darling look and from then I was like okay I'm doing this enough I need to make this a, a career because I loved it so actually after getting out of school you gravitated more toward the cosmetology mm-hmm. but then so you were quote-unquote out of the game for a little bit as far as dancing goes but so what was it that inspired you to try out for the St. Sanctions when you knew that hundreds of other women were going to be there auditioning. It honestly was a long time coming and just a, something that I'd, I had dreamed of doing since I was young. You know, growing up, I knew what the sensations were. I knew who these girls were and, and I wanted to be there. And for three years, I had said, OK, let's do this. Let's let's try out. And the first year I was in cosmetology school and I was like, you know, time wise, I, I don't have time to really put my all into this and really train for it and, and go after it 150 percent. So I took a year out. I was like, I've got a year to train. And then the second year I trained, trained, trained and then and right up, you know, until tryouts, I was like, I'm so used to working. And, you know, I started making money and building a clientele and, and really being able to support myself with my own job that I was like, you know what, I need another year. I need to take care of my, my big girl job and really put all, my all into it and then come back. And then this third year, I was like, okay, God, I hear you. Like, everything is set. Like, this is my time to do it. Like, I really feel like, even though I've been out of the game for so long, I've still felt confident in my dancing and confident as to what I would be able to show judges was what I wanted them to see and what I could do and it ended up working for my favor I mean what other season could you say that you know you really got to dance for the best team in the NFL so Cassidy Varnado is with us a former Golden Eagle uh, Dixie Darling trying to become a sensation for the second year in a row she'll take us through the audition process in our second segment with her but so you go to audition for the first time mm-hmm. cassie and there, and there literally are hundreds oh, of yes. so how do you deal with the overwhelming thought of who am i yeah. how am i going to beat out all these other women for one of the very few spots on the sensation squad it was at first it was a lot of praying because i i was very nervous and you, you don't know what to expect. You you come into this like, okay, I'm just going to do my best. And I got some advice from former St. Stations I was friends with and St. Stations that were on the team. And I was like, what's your best advice that I could take and really put to use? And the number one thing that everyone said was just be confident. Be confident 
it doesn't matter if you're the best answer, the worst answer, as long as you're confident and you love what you do, that's going to make you shine over anything. So up next to hundreds of women, I'm like, just be confident in, in what I can do and throw the best dance moves that I know that I can, you know, really perform and do and show them that I want to be out there as much as anybody but more. So last year, you, and this is a cut process, yes. very much like any guy that's tried out for a team, mm-hmm. you know, there's a first round of cuts and like the NFL players, right? Mm-hmm. A round of cuts and you shrink it down some more and a, th- a third cut and so on. Mm-hmm. So as you were clearing these hurdles, <laughs> did it ever become clear to you, Cassidy, that, hey, I might make this team? Oh, yes. Um, I remember my third night of tryouts, which well, there was four nights, you know, and all of this. My third night, they had taught us some more of a routine. And then the next day we actually had to perform a solo. And I was like okay, this is this is real. Like, this is sinking in now. You know, we had cut down and cut down and cut down and, and got to this point that we're fighting for this. And I was like, you know, this this could be me. This is really my dream, and I'm almost there. Like, you know, God, if this is your will, put me there. But, I mean, I was just it, – it's so hard to put into words how you feel in that moment or those moments because it's so overwhelming but then so humbling too because you're up next to all these other girls, but you're like, wow, they're they're looking at me. Too. But you know when you look at some of uh, some of the other premier women's dance um, organizations across, and the, the Rockettes come to mind. Okay, oh, yes. but in order to be a Rockette, it's 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 almost ridiculous that you can only be a certain height. You you know they all have to be like <laughs> five nine. Oh yeah, well, I would you know, so not even be considered. <laughs> but I mean, so they didn't have they don't the Saint Stations don't have any rules no, like that. None at all. Um, if you actually look at our team and even look at our headshots, all of us are so diverse. We all you know we have different looks and and we come from different backgrounds and I mean there's some of us with like super cool jobs and some that are in med school I mean you have you have you know a set of women and and we have a we have a guy we have Jesse that have these awesome you know things about themselves that all make us so different but help us function and gel very well together as a team of of the percentage of what you know of the the current sensations Mm -hmm. do do most all of them come from a dance background were they cheerleaders that became dancers were they dancers that became cheerleaders break it down for us oh yes most um most were dancers i actually there's four on the team now or three or four that i actually was at southern miss with and was a dixie darling with so there's a lot that come out of dance backgrounds you know whether they're lsu you golden girls or they're they're coming from you know usm or even just teaching dance classes we all have some type of technical or dance or cheer background there's a lot of cheerleaders but um there's some that really have never taken a dance class before but can perform and it's it's really cool to see all of it and we're going to talk about the actual process as cassidy varnado gets ready for round one <laughs> of her second year of yes. saint station tryouts because she was on the team already last year but this is a brand new year so tryouts all over again and cassidy varnado our our former uh Southern Miss student and Dixie Darling, now Saint Station, will take us through that process when the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. 
Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart, where you can uh, shop all of your Golden Eagle swag 24 hours a day if you can't be there in person. Always best to be there in person to your uh, pregame at Campus Bookmart. The big yellow building right across from the main entrance to the campus on Hardy Street. You can't miss it. And I, what I like about Campus Bookmart is they keep in mind that not all guys wear mediums. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's a politically correct way of saying they've got some size for us. There's some sizes for us Husky boys that, uh, that like those bigger shirts. And again, if you can't get there to the building, campusbookmart.net, campusbookmart.net, 24 hours a day. We thank them for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Continuing our discussion with Cassidy Varnado, a native of Franklinton, Louisiana. She was a Dixie darling at Southern Miss, now a New Orleans Saints sensation. And they will actually begin tryouts for this upcoming season tomorrow. So the timing of us uh, enabled to get Cassidy here the day before tryouts, really cool. So take us through it, Cassidy, and are you ready to go? I'm ready. So do they tell you ahead of time? Do they send you a routine ahead of time to get ready or take us through the process? Um, We're actually the St. Stations offer prep clinics. So there was three this year, Baton Rouge um, and then two out of New Orleans. And they teach you a routine. They teach you one that, you know, we've done during the season. We work on technique, but it's to give you a taste of what you're going to be doing during tryouts. We really, you know, we kind of go into it prepared for you know the style of dancing we're going to do but they've mixed it up they've added a lot of more styles you know through these auditions because they want to see all areas you know who can perform in all areas when they have to so So tomorrow is day one but but again you'll see a multitude Mm -hmm. of women trying out so and you have no idea how many hundred women are there we have no idea they did not do a pre-register this year so it's really like you know these everyone that comes in tomorrow is this this is it so and generally yeah. speaking your squad is consists of 20 or 30 members yeah around right? that around that area we have um 34 34 and they put you all over the superdome all at all different levels over it all over it um probably some of my best experiences as far as fan interaction is being in the 600 level you know you, you feel like you're so high up there but any part of the Superdome you still see, but you're still you're so close with the fans and you're cheering right there with them. So I mean, they they've got us everywhere. It's because us regular folks. That's all. <laughs> that's all we can afford is the 600 level tickets. You know. All right. So tomorrow's day one, mm-hmm. but you mentioned in our first segment that it's actually a four day process. Yes, a four day process. Um, tomorrow night will be round one and two, and they'll they'll start around one and then they'll do around two, and then from there we go into like the finalist. You know, a finalist. I guess a camp finalist, you know, days. But then we learn more routines, you know, we'll do like a little fitness round, um, take pictures, they like headshots, you know, stuff like that, just to kind of catch all of what they didn't catch during the first and second round. So then when are you actually notified and how quickly thereafter do you get to work? See, we don't know. That's the thing. We're kind of, you know, we're, and and it's, it's different every year. So they'll tell you like, hey, we'll send you an email or, hey, we're going to do a, you know, a public release. So we really won't know until, you know, it's down to the wire and then they'll tell us. But, um, I mean, last year we started practicing in June and we were ready to hit the field by the time that, I mean, before preseason, we were ready to go. Now, you hear all the time, you know, and I'm I'm learning that a lot of this is folklore, but that Mm -hmm. some teams – some of the cheerleading squads have like these ridiculous rules. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and one of the ones that I always heard about the Saint Sations is that if you're a Saint Sation and 
you, for example, are in a New Orleans restaurant and you're just there minding your business and you as a Saint Station, you've ordered your food, you're ready to get, well, then here comes a player walking in mm-hmm. that I was, I always heard that rumor that <laughs> if a player walks into any restaurant, you as a Saint Station have to get up and leave. No questions asked. You cannot be seen in the same place as players. No, that's, that's, you know, false, because if that were to be true, we practice in the same practice facility as these guys. So, I mean, it's, we're in the same place, but we still have our own, you know, like we're with our team, they're with their team, even though we're part of the same family. So, like, if they walked into a restaurant and we're there, most of, chances are we're there with our family. You know, they're there with their family. It's not a, you know, a, an issue. Um, I think you used the slogan, one family two teams yeah we're still we're one huge family and that's the the best thing ever about the saints is that we are a family like it doesn't matter if you work in one department or if you're a saints cheerleader or you're this you're that you are all one big saints family and it's still you know we're still the saint stations so we're still you know a very close-knit you know team and they're there so we kind of just you know we stay with ours and and because because you generally know that the football players are are younger and the mm-hmm. saint stations are younger you automatically assume that everybody is single, but not the case. I mean, <laughs> no. a lot of the sensations are married. A lot of the players are married. And, and so. the coolest thing, too, is like we do a sensation clinic every year, and that's welcoming, you know, young kids to come and perform with us. And we have a lot of the players' kids. So we get to interact with the families and the wives and get to be, you know, right there and talk with the wives about you know their you know girl stuff and you know get to play with the kids and we get to interact with the family side so because this is the the eagle hour yes chris i want to go back to and talk a little bit about your your Mm -hmm. times at southern miss you said you immediately fell in in love with it and we've learned about salon (laughs) three three (laughs) forty yes salon three forty are there what were some of your favorite hangout places on campus and what are some of the the memories as you as you tax your memory a little bit and great stories stories of uh, Dixie Darlings or other experiences on campus that you'll take with you and perhaps tell your children or grandchildren down through the years. I mean, favorite, I guess, favorite hangout would be at practice with the Dixie Darlings. I mean, we were, we're super close families of St. Stations and we were super close as Dixie Darlings. Like most of my good friends came off of that team. So practice was always like the fun hangout or, you know, I was also in Tridelt. So the sorority house or, you know, the famous Cook Library. So, you know, partied up at Club Cook, you know, midnight studying. Um, But really the, the, best memories to me were dancing on the football field you can't beat here in pregame start or the cannon or you know just just the feel of being out there now cassidy varnado who is as obviously you know is was a was a dixie darling at southern miss during the homecoming games you know one of the features at halftime is that if you were ever a dixie darling and i mean this with all due respect some some women who show up for homecoming were dixie darlings in the 1950s oh yeah you know and they're back for these games and you say you, as an existing Dixie Darling, you better get the routine right because the older, more experienced yes. <laughs> uh, members yes. of the Dixie Darlings will set you straight. They, yes. And the thing is, like, they made up those routines. And to them, that's their babies. So we're, like, protecting their babies. So they want to make sure that everything is in tip-top shape, like, 
the strut because everyone knows that that strut is so famous having the strut down and having the chops with your arms down and everything is to a t because they made it to be set that way now the strut how did you not wear out the toes oh I of went the patent through. leather are, there, are those patent leather boots yes are i they? went through a few pair of those boots actually it's kind of funny because i still have them and you can like pull the lip down from the you know rubber and there's turf all <laughs> stuck in there from the the thing i remember my very first game that my best friend came to she videoed the strut and was dying out laughing she was like i have never in my life seen anything like that she was like but you just see the turf flying up behind y'all so it's it's i I love the tradition that we had that legitimizes the boots though when you when you see the turf stuck in between the the soles and look it it doesn't matter if you get brand new boots or not the first boots that you started with those are those boots like that's your like my poor boots looked so beat. <laughs> so, the, so the Saint Sanction tryouts that begin tomorrow, those will take place actually in in New Orleans in Metairie, right? At the practice facility. So we'll start tomorrow night. And you, you have any idea what to expect differently than last year? Um, this year I kind of I'll be able to go into it with more of an ease of you know. I, I understand the style of dance that you know we do with Saint Sessions. I understand how important it is to catch on to choreography and learn fast and to be able to execute what they teach you very fast. We've mentioned that 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 on paper there is no advantage mm-hmm. having been on the team last year. Mm-hmm. But as you when you were named a Saint Sation last year, do you know what percentage of the members that made the team last year were members from the year before? We. I kind of knew just because I was previously friends and had danced with some girls, so I knew who was coming back. But with all of this, everybody's spot is open pretty much. You know, now we're, we're coming back. And to me, it's, it's even harder coming back as a veteran because they expect a lot from you and you have to do better than you had done all last year, all your first tryouts, and really prove yourself and why you love this team and why you need to be back. What is the shelf life of a Saint Station, Cassidy? I mean, most of the young women that make it, how long, if, if they are able to make the team year after year? Mm-hmm. When do well, they leave on their own terms? Last year, we, we previously had a cap. It was four years, and um, which is kind of standard, you know, but they lifted the cap. So we have girls coming back for their fifth year, and that cap always didn't exist. Like, I met a girl not too long ago, and she was on St. Stations for like seven or eight seasons. So, I mean, some people, this is this is their life. I mean, I plan to do it as long as, <laughs> as, long as I can. And, and do, this, do the St. Stations obviously perform during Saints home games? Are there any other events around New Orleans or anywhere else that the St. Stations perform? Oh, yeah. Yes, you, you can catch St. Stations everywhere. We're constantly doing appearances. Um, during Mardi Gras, we always do a lot. During football season, that's our huge ones. I've done appearances in, you know, Jackson, Mississippi. I've done several in New Orleans. I even did one out of my hometown last weekend. So, I mean, we're all over the place. And, and not just that, you know, Champion Square before games. And you'll catch us in press boxes. The 600 levels, we're everywhere. So. Well, Cassidy Varnado, making Southern Miss proud as a member of the New Orleans Saint, Saint Stations. We're hoping that she'll get that call that she has made the Saint Stations again for a second year. And she's certainly proud of where she came from, not only Franklinton, but the fact that she was a Dixie darling on the campus at Southern Miss. And we wish you nothing but the best, Cassidy, and, and good luck. <laughs> Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Day, day one of four days of rigorous tryouts <laughs> for the St. Sations. Yes. The Professor Patrick Oaks from the Biloxi Sun-Herald scheduled to be our next guest. Patrick McGee, I'm sorry. Patrick from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. I thought, did I get the newspaper wrong? No, I got his name wrong. We'll get it all straightened out after this commercial timeout as the Eagle Hour continues.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Kelly Sander with you in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. I've been told many times that I'm all wet. Uh, And today... Everybody in Mississippi is going to be all wet. We are really uh, having some bad weather in the area. Lots of rain. Looks like it's going to continue through uh, tomorrow. And actually, we lost our buddy Luke Johnson. Uh, uh, had a power outage at our station in Laurel. Luke will be rejoining us in the final segment to go over the uh, Golden Eagle sports schedule, but he'll be doing it via the phone. Here's segment three. Sponsored by the 4th Street Bar at 2505 West 4th Street in Hattiesburg. You can find them on Facebook if you want to sit at the booth. You can sit there. You can sit at the table. You can sit at the bar. They've got pool tables. They've got the great lunch plate specials every single day, including a drink, eight ninety five. You can't beat it. So check out Slade. And that's and, not even written down. You have that memorized. That's what I'm impressed by, Kelly. Oh, because I've been you, there. Yeah, you just know. I, I have to look that stuff up, even if I go there. And all the kids now, they pregame. Yeah. You know, before they go to a sporting event, that's the term now, pregame. So everybody likes to pregame at 4th Street Bar. Uh, so if you're on your way to the Pete for a baseball game, that'd be a great place to stop. Joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline now is Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick, I owe you an apology up front. I called you Patrick Oaks prior to the commercial break. I guess if you were going to be called somebody else, Patrick Oaks is not bad, right? No, he's okay, dude. I worked with him for a little while. So so you understand where that mistake could have been made. But uh, lots to talk about. The Golden Eagles had their first spring football scrimmage this past Saturday. Any um, any bullet points out of that first scrimmage? Uh, no, I, I wasn't there. I was uh, out of town for the scrimmage, so I don't really have it. I'm going to be there Saturday uh, when they go through it in the morning. I uh, know that's supposed to be open for – I know folks are uh, supposedly able to come up there and kind of watch them go through stuff this Saturday. So – to me, this Saturday is really important. They've kind of gotten through the, the early rough patches there in spring practice. And I think the scrimmage this weekend is going to be uh, pretty important uh, to to let the coaches know what they have going into the final week or so of practice. You know, I got I've had a lot of Golden Eagle fans ask me, you know, how come the spring game and the baseball doubleheader, you know, how it has traditionally been one spring weekend the black and gold game will be like at eleven in the morning and then a baseball game at like two o'clock, but. Um, an email was issued to Eagle Club members and so on that you know stating that uh, that there's a reason why the spring game uh, is different this year. Yeah, well, it was just the scheduling deal. They couldn't make it work. I know this is the longest I've seen them uh, ha- go this far without you know uh, releasing the schedule. It was right up until the uh, uh, first practice of, of spring until they release the schedule and how everything's going to plan out. But uh, if you want to kind of go into the details on that, I don't think I've been relayed that Eagle Club. Uh, what was the specific reason they included? Well, they, they said with the, the conflict of the baseball schedule as it was, and then but the yeah. biggest complication uh, was was where Easter fell this year. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know that because Easter falls that third weekend in April this year, uh, everybody had to kind of do some some rearranging, and it just didn't work out. It wasn't it wasn't some you know devious uh, communist plot you know that <laughs> that this happened uh it, everybody loves a conspiracy theory yeah there's no no smoke coming from the grassy knoll here it's uh and and next year they'll try to you know get it back together to where where they can uh have both events happen on the same saturday but uh, golden eagle baseball fans patrick still a little bit of buzz about uh, the eagles game against south al, uh, against uh south al this uh yeah. the mid part of the week now, it's not a conference usa game but again and the, the six errors, I think, is what really has people concerned. Is there a reason to kind of push the small panic button anyway? 
Yeah, well, I think there's been kind of points of the season up to this point where you kind of notice this team just isn't quite right. There's something kind of missing there. Defensively, they haven't been the greatest all year, and that was obviously the worst game they've had in the field all season at South Alabama. Six errors. The pitchers combined the walks of 11 batters. Uh, I think South Alabama walked seven of their own. So it was just an ugly baseball game. Maybe it's one of those you kind of uh, uh, write it off as just one of those things. But uh, this is Southern Miss is just not a good defensive team. I mean, not to say that Southern Miss has been a great defensive team. Even last year they booted around a little bit. Uh, but this year I think it is obviously a, 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 there's a problem in at multiple points on the field. Uh, but I don't think it's – you have to panic right now. I mean, this has been a bad stretch of four games. You lose two to San Antonio, then you come around and get uh, slob, you know, pretty beat pretty bad by South Alabama in the midweek. So uh, this Marshall home series is absolutely crucial, and Marshall's had a good year. Uh, they have yet to lose a conference series. They won't, they're 18 and 10. Uh, it's a team that's going to come in and expect them to win some ball games. So if Southern Miss kind of stumbles into this series, it could make for a uh, a little bit, a little bit, a little longer uh, rough stretch for Southern Miss. They can't afford to lose series. Uh, like they did last week. It was good they kind of came back Sunday and win that one because if they got swept, they really would have hurt that resume in terms of the postseason. What, what, uh, so the mis- yeah. what, shocked me, what shocked me the most about that UTSA series was how, how the Eagles just got lambasted on Friday night. I mean, it wasn't right. even close. And UTSA is not probably and probably will wind up not being one of the very – not a very good team, you know, in Conference yeah. USA before it all before it all shakes out. So that was really, you know, concerning to me. But following the the trend that this team, the way that this team has been this year, on the other side of the coin, it would not surprise me at all if they come in and if Marshall comes in and the Eagles sweep the herd this weekend. It wouldn't surprise me at all. No, it's it's baseball. You know, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get from night to night, and. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean this series is a big one. You know, Southern Miss has played really well in, at home this that year for the most part. I kind of point back to that Gonzaga uh, series as one that was really kind of a tough weekend. Uh, but you know, I don't see why they can't kind of bounce back against Marshall. It's a team they should at least take two or three from. Uh, Walker Powell, you hope he can kind of turn around and have a better outing uh, Friday night. He's pitched so well this year; it was kind of strange to see him struggle out of San Antonio. I think he lasted only four innings. Uh, just wasn't quite his usual self. Uh, they need him to be the ace just because behind him, it's really kind of scattershot. Uh, you don't know who's going to be your number two and number three guy with Stevie Powers dealing with injury. I think Mason Strickland pitched pretty well last week uh, when he came in out of the bullpen. Maybe we'll see him on the mound first This uh, against Marshall. They have, uh, Southern Miss hasn't yet released that pitching rotation. So uh, it, it, things are, you know, as deep as that pitching staff is for Southern Miss, things have just kind of been in flux through the injuries. And uh, maybe that kind of came back to bite Southern Miss last weekend. By the magic of great technology, we now uh, say the magic words and bring Luke Johnson back from Laurel. <laughs> Luke, are you there? I am. I am. Patrick, um, how concerning is it just the inconsistency of uh, really the top five in the order? Uh, Walner just com- seems completely out of sync, went five for ten this past uh, weekend. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not critical on those guys. I've been in college athlete, uh, and I know what they're facing. I never want to be uber critical. Mm-hmm. But you got to be realistic. It's just apart from uh, really Bowen and Slater, Montenegro dipped a little bit. There hadn't been anything really offensively. Yeah, I mean, they. You, I expected them to hit the ball really well at San Antonio because that's a place they've really hit the ball well in the past, and it didn't really play out like that. They just didn't put up huge numbers. Uh, like you said, Walner did hit well. I thought that was a good sign. Maybe we'll see 
a little bit more this weekend against Marshall. I don't know if Walner's just kind of put more pressure on himself. Uh, this is a big year for him where he's eligible for the draft, and he had a chance to really kind of move up uh, with a good season, and it just hasn't played out like that for him this year. Uh, yet there just hasn't been, you know, other than Slater, uh, you kind of pointed at him as kind of the centerpiece this year, and that's what he's done. He's, he's hit really well. His average has average taken a slight tip, dip here recently. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this. Southern Miss has been lucky that really one through nine, you've you've had guys that could hurt you here the last few years. But right now, you know, you're kind of getting the weak points in the lineup and and guys that just aren't consistently hitting the ball one night, they'll be great. The next two or three nights, they just won't have a lot for you. So uh, it is concerning, uh, inconsistent inconsistent at the plate, not very good in the field, uh, good pitching, but they just kind of haven't had the last. The last four games haven't been the haven't been the greatest. So if that pitching continues to head south like it has the last few outings, uh, this could be a really rough patch for Southern Miss. Boy, and I wonder if if, uh, if Scott Barry might not have to get on the phone to Doctor Phil or something too, because <laughs> the way that these guys are playing defense. I mean, it, and Luke, you played at a high level when when you're not playing well. Man, some thoughts get into your head that, that shouldn't be there as far as, you know, questioning your ability, you know, almost you're almost afraid to have something happen for fear that you're going to make a mistake. I mean, one or two errors here or there, you know, but six that man, that's tough. That one is tough to shake off. It- Patrick, it wasn't just that. I mean, you know, the, the errors are, are what's crazy, but the 11 walks and mm-hmm. the bullpen has been holding, you know, kind of uh, the, the offense up when the offense has struggled and you can expect those goose eggs. But what we saw was, you know, a, a, a shaky bullpen the other day. Anything to account for the walks and, and uh, just how the bullpen was? No, I, I mean, I think it was a bit of an anomaly as far as the walks go. I mean, we've seen the defense kind of struggle at times. I, I think maybe the, the the lack of control was maybe a one-game deal, deal just because we haven't seen anything resembling that up to that point. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, it's you know, maybe if they go out this weekend and walk six or seven guys a tank, Again, you're starting to worry about it, but uh, I'm not really worried about the pitching staff right now. Other than that, you know, just injury there, and Walker Powell kind of struggled last time out. They really need him to have a good Friday night against Marshall. So yeah. I, I don't think it's panic button as far as the pitching goes, but defense, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, South Al walked well, a lot of guys too, Luke. I mean, they, you know, yeah, it might have been yeah, a really eighteen total. Yeah, t- tight strike zone the other night. Well, Patrick, thanks for joining us, man, and uh, hopefully next week we can talk about a better series against Marshall. Thanks for being on the Eagle Hour. All right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald. Kelly and I will close out the Eagle Hour right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thank Patrick McGee for joining us in that last segment, as he does every Thursday. Also, want to thank Cassidy Barnado from the Saint Stations. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?
Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Carter's Jewelry, located on Evelyn Gandy Boulevard in Petal, Mississippi. Carter's carries beautiful jewelry for every price range and now offers that exclusive SMTTT jewelry line from watches to diamonds and custom-made jewelry, too. Carter's Jewelry is a must-stop for every Golden Eagle. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the first Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Rainy downtown Laurel. And I want to thank Michael and our engineer Houston and Sheila Hennis for getting Laurel back up today. You know, it's just, uh, it's technology, Michael, um, that makes the world go around. And sometimes technology makes the world stop too, doesn't it? And what's ironic is radio uses so much technology now. 20 years ago, we didn't have near the stuff that we do now and the stuff we rely on. So because so it actually seems worse nowadays because the littlest thing. So when you get on the phone, you literally say, Houston, we have a problem. problem. I've done. I've texted that, and I've gotten a text back. <laughs> Don't do that. So, He's probably heard it before. Yeah. Right. Actually, the show uh, on the road tomorrow. Yes. Right, Michael? Yeah, it could be Ramey Motors, Honda Power Sports in Purvis, just off 589. So just head down 59, take the Purvis exit, head towards Purvis, and you'll see it. And uh, looking forward to that. This is a, this is a big deal. Yeah, it's taking the show there, on, the road, on the road. And then we're going to be on the road next week, too, at Fuzzy's Tacos in Midtown in Hattiesburg. For obvious reasons for anybody that knows me, they, they rarely let me out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That's why this is so unusual. We have two back-to-back live <laughs> right. broadcasts. But actually, that's this is going to be a new trend with the program, hitting the streets and talking to the fans. Luke, did I hear that the, the Lady Eagle softball team beat that team from uh, Tuscaloosa? Didn't they? Uh, they? They beat that team from Mobile. They beat South Alabama. They got revenge for Tuesday night. Lady Eagles uh, avenged not only Tuesday night's baseball loss, but avenged the loss they had earlier in the season. They were down at, in Mobile last night, and they uh, defeated saw, uh, defeated South Alabama 2 to nothing. got two runs in the top of the first, and that's really all Abby Trahan needed. She had her second complete game shutout uh, wow. pitches. Uh, seven innings, gave up six hits, struck out five. So the Lady Eagles improve to 19 and 16 on the year. And uh, get ready. I think they take on Rice um, this weekend. But yeah, we, uh, we, we joked yesterday that, that maybe they would avenge uh, the, the, the Jaguars' beatdown of uh, the baseball team. And, and they did. So congratulations to uh, Coach Hogan. Her ladies and I was so wrong about their schedule. They don't. They don't take on Rice. They host UTSA and the Tracksters. UTSA this the weekend. Tracksters are headed to Auburn. Yeah, this I, I think. Yeah, they are. As the outdoor season uh, is now and, and underway. How about? Yeah, and, and should do extremely well over there. And I guess we can talk a little bit about this more tomorrow. We may not because of our remote. But uh, Kelly, tell me your tell me your final four stuff. Um, the teams that are in, it's pretty wild uh, uh, talking about Auburn. When you look at how Auburn got to the Final Four, New Mexico State, Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Well, the fact that they took out North Carolina and Kentucky, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to me it was a good weekend because North Carolina, Kentucky, and Duke all went down. And I get accused all the time, Luke, of being a hater. 
you know, oh, you hate all the good teams. You hate the Patriots. You hate Duke. You hate. I don't hate anybody. I'm just. I just like for some other teams every once in a while to get a shot at it. So really, Michigan State is the only team with any experience in the Final Four. And I'll be interested from a TV rating standpoint as to how this all shakes out because people always say they'd like to see new teams in the Final Four. But will they watch the Final Four with some new teams in there without the old mainstays in? So I would think just based on experience, you'd have to think that Michigan State you know, would be the favorite. But I had kind of said all along that I thought Virginia was the best team in the country, all things being equal. But you know, Luke, too, that it's, part of it is getting hot at the right time. And Auburn and Texas Tech and are, are probably the two hottest teams. Auburn got really hot. They won the SEC tournament. I just you, – you look at that. You just wonder if maybe they're playing a little over their head. I was concerned about them against Tucky. You know, their big gets hurt uh, in, in the uh, Sweet 16 game. But, I mean, I guess they're for real. Um, Michael, you going to follow this Final Four at all? Yeah, a little bit because Michigan State and one of my brothers went to Michigan State, but not really. You know, it's weird down here because coming from Illinois this time of year, doesn't matter who, what team you're rooting for, basketball is it. And Kelly, you know that in the Midwest, so you can't help it. But I, just it seems like a disconnect to me down here. Well, Unless you're watching ESPN and keeping up with all of it, you actually have to make an effort to kind of follow everything well and since iowa state got beat it's not yeah, really an care. official ncaa right. championship yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that <laughs> i told you i had him going to the final four kelly i uh, told you i know One bracket i had him and you were so nice to text me and because i was i was on a I was on a bridge luke i was ready to jump and then your text came through um uh, so you, you talked me off the bridge i just get you know iowa state every year oh this this team's different we're going to go. No, no, we're going to play our first game. <laughs> That's in the why I, I wait until the final <laughs> game of every season before I'm finally cool. That's professional college, every sport. Because you so, never know. So I would think, you know, you, you say Auburn may be playing over their head, Luke, but that's part of it. Yeah. You know, being hot at it the is. right time, you know. I I like uh, I like Texas Tech. I just I watched them midseason, really liked them, and that's I, all I got to say I about could that. certainly anyway. live with that because they're, again, new, new kids on the block. I like that. They are. Well, Kelly and Michael, good to join you guys today for half of the show. But we'll be out tomorrow at uh, Ramey's Motors down in Purvis. If you're in the area, stop by, say hey to us. Uh, we'll catch you tomorrow, same time. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Into the Talk Mississippi Media Production.